0: Good morning. Good morning. How are you guys doing today? Let me get myself situated here just for a second. How's everybody doing? Who feels the power of the Holy Spirit so far today? Amen. People are coming to the altar. Lives are changing. And my prayer is that I don't do anything to inhibit the the movement that the Holy Spirit has today, the power and the presence, the transformative power of Jesus Christ. Uh, I'm not Pastor Lee. Um, I see a lot of new faces, so I do want to introduce myself. I'm the youth pastor here on campus. My name is Thomas, and I'm excited to be here to preach to you guys today today. Pastor asked me this week if I would bring the word of the Lord, and if you know our senior pastor, it's an honor um, and extremely humbling to be able to come here and, and speak the word of the Lord to you guys. And it's a very important job to speak the, Lord, the word of the Lord. It's not, it's not an easy job, it's a very important job, and I pray that I wouldn't do anything to inhibit that. For those of you that know, I've been gone recently. My wife just came back from Greenland, so we took a little vacation. She was gone for a year, we took a little bit of a vacation. So I've been gone for the last, last couple weeks um, And I've missed you guys drastically I've missed you guys quite a bit And then last week I had what's called an assessment weekend um, For ordination So I had to go before the district superintendent I had to go before the board of elders I had to go before a lot of senior pastors And they evaluated me and they grilled me And they wanted to know about my marriage They wanted to know about my finances About my education, my personality They wanted to know if I was crazy like everybody really said I am And they just wanted to know all these different things about me and so through all that process, the only feedback they gave me was I need to smile more. <laughs> they said that I needed to smile more. So I don't know about that. I think I smile quite a bit. But they said that I needed to smile more. So I'm going to start out with a joke. I'll start out with a joke. And I hope this joke doesn't offend anybody. My, my job is never to offend. It's always to convict the power of the Holy Spirit. But there was this lady, and she was street corner evangelizing. She was street corner preaching. And she was on the corner, and she was speaking about how God had changed her life. Right? I'm going to jump up and down because I'm getting excited. And she was preaching how God had changed her life and how God had transformed her. And she was on the corner and she was uh, just saying all these praises of how good God was and his transformational power what he had done in her life. And a crowd had gathered around this lady. So there was a crowd that gathered, right? Anytime you street corner preach, you're going to get a crowd. power of Jesus, amen. Give the Lord a praise offering. You're going to get a crowd. And a man came into the crowd, and he was an evil man. We'll call him an evil man. I didn't even get to the joke yet, Joy. Joy, you motivate me. And this man was evil and he wanted to embarrass this lady. He wanted to embarrass her. This man didn't believe in the gospel. He didn't believe in the word of the Lord. And she was preaching. And he snatched the Bible up from her. And his goal was to humiliate her in front of this crowd, to laugh at her and make her feel just inadequate. So he said, Ma'am, do you believe in the gospel? And she said, Yes, sir, by faith I believe. My testimony has, God has changed me and has transformed me. He's taken me and He's down, reached down and rescued me. And he said, You believe in the miracles of the Bible? And she said, yes, sir, I do. By faith, I believe in the miracles. And she said, he said, rather, well, tell me about Jonah. How is it on earth that Jonah was in the belly of a fish for three days, came out, went and preached to the people of Nineveh, and he was alive. How is that possible? How is that miracle possible? There's just no way that could possibly happen. There's acid inside of the belly of the fish. It just wouldn't have been able to happen, right? And she said, well, she thought about it for a second. She put her hands on her hips. And she said, well, when I get to heaven, I'll ask Jonah. I'll ask Jonah. Good answer, right? And this man got upset. He got upset, and he said, well, what if Jonah doesn't make it to heaven? And she thought about it for a second. She said, well, then you can ask him. I don't know if the man went to heaven or not. I don't know. I'm not here to say. But I want to make you guys laugh so that if the district superintendent is watching today, he can see that I'm smiling, and I'm happy to be here in the house of the Lord. Amen? And so my goal is to speak from the heart. My goal is to speak from the heart. And, and as a pastor, it's never to, to, to condemn anybody, it's never to talk down anybody, but I think it is to convict. Corinthians talks about the power of persuasion and how we're supposed to persuade, we're supposed to motivate people and make people change, and my goal today is that there would be a transformation that takes place inside of each one of us. And the Holy Spirit's here, guys, Holy Spirit's already here, there's been lives that are changed and things are happening, and my prayer is that, and Zach kind of took my sermon from me, I feel like we're living here. And God wants us to live here. Let me, let me say that again. I feel like we're living here, and God wants us to live here. Right? The thief, the devil, Scripture tells us, has come to steal, kill, and destroy. He's come to steal, kill, and destroy. God has come to give us life and a life to the full and a life more abundantly. So we need to take that $100 bill. We'll take that $100 that Zach was talking about, but let's reach for those millions. Amen? Let's jump up for that inheritance that we have, how good God is to us, and let's go after that. Let's go after that. So I hope that I would generate a change. The title of my sermon is Waves of Disobedience. And what I hope today is that we see how our sin and the things that we do don't just affect us, but that it, would affect, that it does affect other people, that it affects other people. And, and as I was preparing for this sermon, and I was asking, um, I asked Pastor Trevor for some advice and asked him to pray for me, and, and I was a little nervous. And I felt inadequate to preach this sermon about running from the Lord because I ran from the Lord for a long time. Any of you know my testimony, you know that I'm an alcoholic, recovered, and that I ran from the Lord for a long time. I sat right here in this seat, right here where Shelby's sitting, in this seat next to my beautiful wife. Give her a round of applause. I sat in that seat for four years coming to this church, and I felt the call to do something with my life better than what I was doing. I felt the call to come down to the altar. I felt the call from pastors preaching and the power of the Holy Spirit to go down and do something with my life. And I ignored the call. God was calling me east. I went west. And I ignored the call for a long time. So when I was, God put this message in my heart, preach about running from God. Thomas, you ran from God for the longest time. You ran from the Lord. How can I preach? The answer is I can't preach this message. Only the Holy Spirit can preach this message. Only the Holy Spirit can preach to you. So I want to go to the Lord in a word of prayer today and ask him for his guidance, ask him for his counsel. If you would just stretch your arms towards the sky, let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank you for today. Lord, we thank you for your grace. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your mercy, Lord. And Lord, I come to you today and I confess that I am nothing without you, Lord. Lord, I am a a scumbag without the power of the Holy Spirit, Lord. And that I need you in my life, Lord. And I need you today today. And I confess, Lord, that I just need you to fill me with your presence to deliver this message to Crossroads Community Church, Lord. Lord, I love these people and I love this congregation, Lord. And I pray that today's message would be a blessing to them. Lord, I pray that as they listen to this message, Lord, they would be inspired and they would be motivated to make a change in their lives, Lord. For I know there's people in this congregation that I'm speaking to today. Lord, I don't know who they are, but I know somebody in this congregation needs to hear this message. They need to hear that, that God is calling them to greater things, calling them to something big, and they are running from the Lord, Lord, and their disobedience is affecting other people. Lord, it's not just affecting them. So I pray, Lord, in the name of the Holy Spirit, that you would fill me with your presence, Lord, that you would excite this congregation, Lord, Lord, that I would be able to clearly articulate your word, Lord. This isn't my word. This is the message that you have placed on my heart, Lord, and I pray you would help me articulate that. Lord, I pray for those that are sick and bodied that couldn't be here today, Lord. I pray for those that are, are on vacation, Lord. And I pray for everybody that is here in this church that they would hear this message. Lord, I pray they would receive this message. Lord, and I pray that they would want to make a change, Lord. Lord, fill me with your spirit, fill me with your presence, Lord. And let's make this happen. It's in Jesus' name we pray and everyone said together, amen. Amen. Give the Lord a praise offering. Give the Lord a praise offering. So, so if you turn on the news today. You turn on the news today, sin runs rampant. Sin is running rampant. There is murder. There is rape. There's serial killings. Heaven forbid, we turn on the news and there's another school shooting. There is destruction. There's chaos. The world is overflowing with violence. There's hatred. There's dictatorship. There's corruption. There's all these bad things going on in our world today. We, us, are called to go into that madness and we're called to preach the gospel. We're called to baptize those in the name of the Father, the Holy Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And we are called to make disciples of all nations. Now, let me get this straight. We're not just called to go into the places that are good and to go into the churches and preach the gospel. We're called to go into everywhere. We're called to go into the bad places. We're called to go into the places that people are struggling. We're called to go into the bars. People are drinking. We're called to go in where the addicts are. We're called to go into all the world. Not just where it feels good, but all of the world we're called to go into. All the world. You guys hear me today. We're called to go into all of the world. Some of us are afraid. Myself included. I'm preaching to myself today too, by the way, just so you guys know. Some of us are afraid. We're afraid to do that. And today my hope is that the call that God has placed on your heart, and I'm not just talking about to donate more to the church. Don't get it twisted. I'm not talking about to tithe more. I'm not talking about to to, to volunteer more. I'm talking about the call that God has placed on your heart to serve. That's the meat and potatoes. He's called us to live here, and we're stuck down here. And we're stuck down here. So let's jump into this. Let's jump into this. Jonah, chapter 1. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it, because its wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed to Tarshish. He went down to Joppa where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed to Tarshish to flee from the Lord. Ain't that something? He went down to flee from the Lord. How are you going to flee from an omnipresent Lord? He's everywhere. You can't flee. Where was I at? I'm getting too excited. To flee from the Lord. The Lord sent a great wind on the sea and such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up. All the sailors were afraid and each cried out to his own God. And there they threw the cargo into the sea to lighten the ship. But Jonah had gone below deck where he lay down and fell into a deep sleep. The captain went to him and said, how can you sleep? Get up and call on your God. Maybe he will take notice of us so that we will not perish. Then the sailors said to each other, come, let us cast lots to find out who is responsible for this calamity. They cast lots and the lot fell on Jonah. So they asked him, tell us who is responsible for making all this trouble for us. What kind of work do you do? Where do you come from? What is your country? From what people are you? Start asking Jonah 120 questions. He answered, I am a Hebrew, and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. This terrified them, and they asked, what have you done? They knew he was running from the Lord because he had already told them so. Again, how are you going to run from omnipresent Lord? Can't run. You can try. It's not going to work. Pick me up. Let me go back. Sarah said we should come. Let us cast lots to find out who's responsible for this calamity. They cast lots and the lot fell on Jonah. So they asked him, tell us who's responsible for making all this trouble for us. And I'm reading this again. What kind of work do you do? Where do you come from? What is your country? From what people are you? He answered, I am the Hebrew. uh, And I worship the Lord God of heaven who made the sea and the dry land. This terrified them. What have you done? Again, he's running from the Lord. The sea was getting rougher and rougher. The more they ran, the sea got rougher and rougher. So they asked him, what should we do to make the sea calm down for us? Pick me up and throw me into the sea, he replied, and it would become calm. I know that this is my fault that this great storm has come upon you. Instead, the men did their best to row back to the land. So now the men are being disobedient. Now the men are are, are, are being disobedient. We're going to talk about that here in a minute. They cried out to the Lord, please do not let us die for taking this man's life. Do not hold us accountable for killing an innocent man. For you, Lord, have done as you pleased. Then they took Jonah and threw him overboard, and the raging sea grew calm. At this, the men greatly feared the Lord, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows to him. Now the Lord provided a huge fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights. So before we get into the sermon, I just want to go through this real quick and some observations that I noticed when I was studying for this, right? It starts out, the word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. The word of the Lord came to Jonah. Let me tell you this, the word of the Lord Is alive, and it is strong, and it cuts sharper than any double-edged sword, and it is coming to people today. It is going out into people. It's going into your hearts. It is going into you. The word of the Lord is strong. Are we listening to the word? Are we listening? Because today you have an opportunity to listen, because I have the mic. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it, because wickedness has come before you. So Nineveh was wicked. We're going to talk about that here in a minute. But Jonah ran away from the Lord. He ran the opposite direction. Now, these men that were on this ship were trained professionals. These weren't just regular sailors. These were trained professionals, these men, right? And even they were afraid of this storm. Isn't it something that when we run from the Lord, he sends a storm? Isn't it something that sometimes when we run from the Lord, he uses drastic measures to bring us back? And our sin not only affects us, but it affects other people as we're going to learn today. As we're going to learn today. These men were trained sailors and they were even afraid. Some other observations from this text. Jonah, where was Jonah during this time? Jonah ran from the Lord, got on the ship, went down to Joppa. By the way, when I was studying for this, there's a theologian named Eugene Patterson. And he says that Jonah didn't just pay the fare to get on the ship, but that he bought the entire ship. So, so he, paid a, he paid for his own sin. He was running and he paid for his sin. Does that make sense? He paid for his sin. Let me keep going here. He lay down and fell asleep. Jonah was asleep during this storm. Jonah was asleep during this storm. Then they started asking him 120 questions. The men were pagans. The sailors were pagans. They didn't believe in the God that we believe in. They believed in other gods. And then so they were beginning to call out to Jonah's God through this storm. And the men made vows to him, the text says. So let me jump into this real quick. That doesn't count towards my preaching time. The book is not about Jonah. This story is not about Jonah. This story is not about the Ninevites. It's not about how ruthless they are. We're going to talk about it, but that's not what it's about. The story is not about necessarily running from the Lord, even though that's the premise of my message in ways of disobedience. Jonah is a story about God's grace, about God's love, and about God's compassion. And, and I could preach for probably six or seven weeks on the story of Jonah. There's so many messages, and I've been studying it. And, and even Pastor Trevor preached on it to the youth this week. And there's so many messages that we could talk about from the story of Jonah. There's so much we could talk about. I'm only going to focus on chapter 1 and just a tiny little bit of chapter 4. There's a lot to preach about. There's a map. Let me see my map. So Jonah runs. So Jonah was called to go to Nineveh, which is to the northeast. About 550 miles by land. Jonah... Decided to go down to Joppa to pay the fare to get on the ship and go 2,200 miles by water. He got caught in the storm immediately. Just so you can see, he was committed to running from the Lord. So we got to ask ourselves, why was Jonah so committed to running from the Lord? What was his commitment? The Ninevites were some brutal people. Okay, the Ninevites were some brutal people. They were in the capital of Assyria. Jonah doesn't tell us too much about the Ninevites, other than that their wickedness had come upon the Lord. That's what Jonah tells us. Their wickedness come up upon the Lord. But if we fast forward to the book of Nahum, the text tells us a lot more about the Ninevites. It says, Woe to the city of blood, full of lies, full of plunder, never without victims, the cracks of whips, the clatter of wheels, the galloping of horses, the jolting chariots, the charging cavalry, flashing swords and glittering spears, many casualties, piles of dead, bodies without number, people stumbling over the corpses, All of the wanton lust of a prostitute alluring the mistress of sorceresses who enslaved nations by her prostitution and people by her witchcraft. He ran because he was afraid that they were going to kill him. These people were brutal. The Ninevites were brutal. They would make pyramids of people's heads. And I don't want to get too graphic, but I have to preach the truth. They would make pyramids with people's heads. The text says that they had to walk over dead bodies. If you weren't a Ninevite and you went to Assyria, you're probably getting killed for whatever reason. God called Jonah to go and preach to them A message of repentance. A message of forgiveness. To change from their ways. God called them to do that. That's what God called them to do. Just like God calls me and you. Calls me and you to serve. He calls us to very similar things. So what do we know about Jonah? We don't know too much about Jonah. We know he's a prophet. He was one of 12 Old Testament prophets. He was a minor prophet, which means his book was a little bit smaller. We know that he served during the reign of King Jeroboam II of Israel, and his name means dove. And I was studying for this text, I thought it was funny that his name means dove, which in the New Testament represents the Holy Spirit, but it's also a bird. What do birds do before the storm? They flee. That's funny. His father's name, Amittai, means truth, so he's the son of truth. Jonah is a different than any other Old Testament book of, the, of prophecy, because it's not about prophecy. It's about Jonah and his own struggles with the Lord. And I hope today that through the power of the Holy Spirit I can make the connection between Jonah's struggles and our struggles and how our disobedience affects other people. Why did God choose Jonah? If Jonah was a prophet, his job was to prophesy and go and speak on behalf of the Lord to the people, and God knew because he's omnipotent he knows everything, that Jonah was going to run, why did he choose him? Why does God choose you? Why does God choose you? The call is to take us deeper into our faith. The song says, deeper than we could ever wander. He has more blessings for us. He wants us to be a blessing to other people so that we can bless them so that they can bless other people. Does that make sense? Are you with me this morning? He wants us to go and help change and transform people. That's the call. It's like Zach said, it's not about us. It's not about us anymore. It's about going and changing other people through the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Jonah was afraid. He was afraid to preach the Ninevites. Jonah knew that God was a God of mercy, was a God of compassion, was a God of truth, was a God of justice. And he was afraid. He was, and this, and when I was studying this, it didn't make sense to me, but he was afraid that the people of Nineveh were going to repent and they were going to experience God's grace and God's mercy and his forgiveness. And to me, as a pastor, that's what I want for everybody. That's what I want for everybody. I want everybody to experience God's grace and his mercy and his goodness and his compassion and his love and his forgiveness. Because some of us are falling short. We're missing the mark. And so when I was thinking, how is a prophet not going to do this? It just didn't make sense to me. But see, Jonah was afraid. Jonah was afraid of the Ninevites and he was afraid of the Lord. And now it makes me wonder, are some of us afraid to answer our call? Whatever that call is, are some of us afraid? We don't listen. We run, whatever that calling is in our life. We're going to talk more about that in a little bit. Is there anybody in your life that maybe subliminally you want to reach out to and minister to, but you're afraid of what might happen to them? And it doesn't make sense. It's counterintuitive, but I think sometimes we're selfish. And we want to keep the blessing for ourselves. And we have to give that blessing out. You hear what I'm saying? We have to give that blessing out and help people. Right? If not you, then who? If not now, then when? Amen? So Jonah ran the opposite direction. God had a specific job for him to do, and he ran the opposite direction. He ran. Have anybody in here ever ran from the Lord? If you have, if you're with me, raise your hand. If you ran from the Lord, raise your hand. A lot of us, right? Amen? And we ran the opposite direction. Whether it's God called us to get clean, apply for a job. He might have called us to come to church, witness to someone, forgive someone. Maybe we're called to serve, join the ministry, called to correct somebody. Stop somebody when they're being picked on. Stand up for somebody. Or anything, you're running from the Lord. God, we've all done it. We've all ran from, ran from the Lord. And isn't it something that when we run from the Lord, we get less protection? God is a, uh, think of God as a temple, a strong foundation, a strong temple, right? When we're in the temple, we're protected, right? We're strong. When we leave the temple, we get less and less protection. Storms come. And then sometimes... Sometimes, sometimes we bring the storms on ourselves. We like to bring the devil for everything, but let's just face it. Sometimes we as a people, myself included, are full of garbage. And I justify my actions, and then the storm comes upon me, and I really did it to myself. Jonah brought the storm on himself by running from the Lord. Sometimes we do that. And let me tell you today, you can't run from the Lord. My next point, disobedience does not only affect you. It affects other people. Disobedience does not only affect you, but it affects other people. Where's Pastor Zach at? Come up here, sir. Hey, come on up, Zach. Woo! Give Pastor Zach a round of applause real quick. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do an illustration here of how sin and disobedience affects other people. Isn't he a blessing to us? Give him a round of applause. He's a pastor. He's a licensed minister of the gospel, called in the process of ordination to be a preacher of the gospel, Right? He is a blessing to us. He is our worship leader. He's our marketing director. He's a man of God. He's a husband. He's a son. He's a brother. Right? He's a blessing to us. Let's say he was running from the Lord. Have you ran from the Lord, sir? I have. He's ran from the Lord. Let's say he was running. We would miss out on the blessing that he brings every single week, we would miss out on the worship. The worship team wouldn't get the development that they get. He preaches to them on, 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 on Sunday. they lead a little Bible study. they do music training. He wouldn't get those blessings. He wouldn't be the blessing is to the church. The message that he brings on the on the Sunday when he preaches to you guys in his little mini sermons that he does, which are awesome, you wouldn't get the message. Because he'd be running from the Lord. So the blessing that God wants to use him through, because it's not about him anymore, it's about other people, Wouldn't be wouldn't, wouldn't be... Um, articulated and given out. Shelby, come up here real quick. Everybody give Shelby Young a round of applause. This is Zach's wife. He is responsible as a spiritual leader of the household to develop and to minister to her. If he's not fulfilling his role as a spiritual leader of the house because he's running from the call of God, it impacts her. That wave of disobedience continues and it impacts her in a negative way. He's called to lead her. He's called to minister to her. He's called to preach to her. They're called to be equally yoked. They're called to study scripture together. They're called to pray together. They're called to do all these things. And if he's not listening to his call and he's running from the Lord, he can't do that. And storms are going to come upon his life and he's going to think that it's the devil, but really it's him and his own foolishness. Now I could go on and on. I could bring up Jaden was here. I could bring Jaden up here. I could bring Juan up here. I could bring the, the youth up here. Myself. Zach is a minister to me. We talk, we have a Bible lesson every, every day uh, together. We bounce ideas off each other. He's heard this sermon, right? He's heard me preach it 50,000 times. He's given me feedback. So I wouldn't be the blessing that I hope I am to you guys if it wasn't for him ministering to me. You guys can sit down. Give him a round of applause. So you see, sin and disobedience doesn't just affect one person. Who did it affect in the ship? It affected the entire ship. The trained sailors, the ship, the text tells us the, the boat would have came apart. They threw Jonah over. The boat would have came apart and they all would have died. Sin doesn't just affect us, it affects other people. So I want you to think about that because I hope I'm speaking to somebody today because you're called. God has called you and, and I think one of my core tenets as a pastor from this pulpit is that God doesn't want to change your situation as much as he wants to change your spirit. Does that make sense? He wants to change your spirit, and then your situation will change. I think that's what I'm going to be. I just, the Holy Spirit just brought me that. I'm going to use that as one of my core tenets, right? So our sin doesn't only affect us, it affects other people. How many marriages have been broken up because of sin? How many children's lives have been ruined because of sin? How many divorces? How many people have been abused because of sin? Because we're running from the call. Because we're running from the call that the Lord has placed on our hearts. I got another illustration. Another illustration. Pastor Jamie, come up here real quick. I needed you for this. We got to change our perspective. We got to change our perspective. You're either a slave to sin or you're a slave to righteousness. You can't serve both God and mammon. You can't eat the table of the Lord and eat at the table of demons. One or the other. You can't do both. It just, it's impossible. Can't do it, right? Some of us are slaves slave to our sin. Oh, I didn't think it was going to break. No, for real, I didn't think it was going to break. I should have got metal. Some of us are a slave to our sin. Stay, stay here. I, just, I, 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 I won't pull it hard. We try to go and do things, but we're stuck. We're stuck. We're a slave. We can't go. We can't run. We can't move. We can't get away because our sin keeps bringing us back. And bringing us back. You feel me? You're bringing us back. We're a slave to our sin. The Bible says we're a slave to God or righteousness. That's it. Another perspective we got to change. I can't, I can't, God needs to go with me. So I can't just walk around like this. Okay, God, I'll come to church today because you told me to. Okay, God, I'll do this today because you told me to. Okay, God, I'm going to obey because I have to. Come with me. Walk with me. Right? And just bring God along. Ugh! This God is so hard to take with me. This is rough. I I can't bring God like that. I can't have a relationship with like that. It can't be that way. And some of us, that's our perspective. We do things because we have to, right? Hold my hand. God walks with us. God walks with us. Amen. God walks before us. God walks around us. He goes before us and prepares the way. Here he goes with us. But we don't just pull them along. Amen. Give Pastor Jamie a round of applause. (sighs) Hope this goes over well. You don't have to go to work. You don't have to come to church. You don't have to go to the doctor. You don't have to be a parent. You get to go to church. You get to go to work. You get to be a parent, right? Those are opportunities. Every gift is a gift from God. It's a perfect and pleasing gift from God. Jonah didn't understand that he was called to be a blessing to other people. He didn't understand that. And I think sometimes we don't understand that. And sometimes when we're in a state of sin and rebellion and we're running from the Lord, we're not listening, we justify our own actions, like I said earlier, and we have a clear conscience, just like Jonah did. He had a clear conscience. Jonah, excuse me, was running from the Lord, and he was in the belly of the ship asleep. He had a clear conscience. We justify, and we say it's okay. I'm not going to answer the call to serve, to experience the fullness of the blessing. I've got short little arms. I can't jump high. We want to stay down here and instead of experience the blessing that's for us up here. We want to stay down here. We don't feel any guilt. We don't feel any shame. We don't, it doesn't bother us, and we're okay with, like Zach said, being saved. We're just okay. But the deeper you go with Christ, the deeper you go, the more you learn that it's not about you anymore. It's about other people. Your salvation is saved. That's great. I don't want everyone to be saved, but I want you to experience the fullness of the blessing that God has for you. That, that process of entire sanctification that we talk about, that process of holiness, of moving forward, of, being, of fulfilling the destiny that he has for you. Because he has so much more. There's so many blessings he has in store. And I'm, I feel inadequate that I don't have the words to say how great of a life of abundance that he has for you. Can we give the Lord a praise offering? He has so much abundance for you, and I don't even have the words to explain it. But we're not experiencing it because we're running. We're not listening to the call. But we're running, myself included. I'm preaching to myself today. I'm almost done. (sighs) I told you that the story of Jonah wasn't about Jonah. Jonah. I told you the story of Jonah wasn't about the ship or the Ninevites. It's about God's capacity to forgive. I told you Jonah ran from the Lord. Jonah ran. Right? God called him a second time. Gave him a new opportunity. How many of you have had a second chance, a second opportunity? We all have. He called him and gave him a second chance, a second opportunity. Jonah went and preached to the Ninevites. Brutal people, ruthless people. He preached one line of text, and I'm paraphrasing. He said, 40 nights, 40 days, you'll be overthrown. Basically, repent of your wicked ways, or you're going to be overthrown. Preached one line of text. King issued a decree, the Ninevites repented, and it said even the animals repented. They repented of their sin and changed their ways. Brutal people. I told you they were making pyramids of people's heads. And they were able to receive God's capacity for grace and forgiveness. So for us, we're running, some of us. God will forgive us. He wants to give us a new chance, a new opportunity. He wants to give us that second chance. Today is the day that the Lord has made. His mercy is made new every single day. It's not, it's not, um, I get to have his mercy and I get to have his goodness And I get to experience his grace. And I get to experience his love. And if he can forgive Jonah, and he can forgive the Ninevites, then he can forgive me and you. Then he can forgive us for running. And like I said, I'm not saying, don't don't leave here and say, Pastor Thomas told us we're all in a state of rebellion. He convicted us and talked down to us and said, we're in a state of rebellion. That's not what I'm saying because you're here in church. But are you, so you're doing good. But are you experiencing the fullness, is what I want to articulate, of his blessing? Are you experiencing the fullness of his grace? Are you experiencing the fullness of his love? Are you answering the call that he has placed on your heart? Are you you experiencing that? Because that's what he has for you guys. That's what he has for you guys. God will be there for you no matter what you're going through. You can come up, sir. God will be there for you no matter what you're going through. God will be there for you. And, and, and my plan today was to do an altar call, and I think I'm going to still do it, okay, because I planned it into the sermon. Jamie did one already, but I still think there's some people out there who need to come forward and stop running. I still think there's some people who need to come forward and stop running. And we don't get um, numbers like, hey, we had so many people come to the altar, that's not what it's about. It's about you and your relationship and getting right with the Lord. It's about a commitment and a relationship of you getting right with the Lord and stop running. Today's the day that you can do that. Today's the day where you can make a change. Today's the day where you can change. And he was going to do Oceans. I'm going to lay it on you, sir. I'm sorry, but can you do I Surrender again? Because I think we need to surrender. I think we need to surrender, myself included. We need to surrender. So as he sings this, I'm going to open the altars up and then we'll close. If the Lord had tugged on your heart in any way throughout that message, if God had spoke to you, if the Holy Spirit was convicting you, come forward. Come forward. I'll pray with you. We'll pray together. Come forward and get right with the Lord. This is your opportunity. Don't leave here and have something happen where you couldn't get right. Don't leave here and say, man, I wish I would have went forward. Because don't be like me. Don't be like me and sit in this seat just like some of us, and ran for four years. Don't be like me. Be better than me. Because today is the day the Lord has made. Today is the day the Lord has made. And he is a gracious, and he is a compassionate, and he is a just God. And he loves us. And he wants your heart.